0: And all the earth will shout Your praise. Our heart- Bye. Show. As you wait for the crown the world of the treasure you found.
1: And let my heart be oh, Okay, if you're still praying, go ahead and continue. Um, Tom and Alicia Fury went down to Mexico this Christmas with their kids. And, uh, you know, kind of in a awesome thing. This is their second time doing that, and so I asked them, do you have any kind of slides or videos or something? So I think they're going to show a brief thing, and uh, then if you'd like more details to get involved in something like that, Alicia has some things that you can contact her. you have that? That's awesome, isn't it? I'm thrilled these guys are bringing their kids down there, and just participating that way, chosen to take their Christmases. You guys are doing, that's wonderful, (laughs) it just is. They have lots of answers if you have questions, Uh, so just get to them later and just ask about the details of it if you would. Get close. Maybe we'll get there. Got it. While we're waiting, um, the main way we interact uh, with announcements and such is through Facebook. So, if you'd Facebook Waters Edge Church, befriend us. Um, and if you want to befriend me, it's John Shar Tuttle. I'm desperate for friends. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to get on my prayer list, that's how you do it. Okay, so. Uh, just um, be aware of that. Um, we'd like to to be able to make announcements to you. Coming up this Saturday for singles in uh, that 20 to 40 range, young professionals, uh, they're going to be bowling at 7 on Saturday. See Adam Levine at the back. Yeah, there he is. And uh, the rest of us, too bad. Uh, we did schedule al for February 12th. That's a Tuesday. Uh, that's a good time. Uh, it's a sledding hill with inner tubes uh, or tow rope. Uh, and We'll have a meal and such, but pretty amazing. Okay. I think virtually every day, everyone has a certain level of anxiety or fear or worry that is encountered as a part of life. And yet, in the Lord, there's opportunity for us to walk in an assurance and a confidence that says, in Him, this is going to work out. And to sometimes, when we encounter things like this, it's almost a thought like, well, I must be the only one, or I just must be weak because this keeps coming back. And yet, it's, it's a part of who we are as people. It's part of conquering the next step, so to speak. And what I'd like to do is walk through some of the ancient heroes of the faith and look at uh, some of the things that God spoke to them in regard to comforting their hearts and just acknowledge that it doesn't matter who you are, that God still is willing to speak to you about these things. And uh, before I I get into that. There's one other thing I've been chewing on because I've been looking at this for a while, and you know I've always known that verse: "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." And this week I started to link it back to Adam and Eve when they got that newfound knowledge and they ate the fruit. First thing they do is go hide, and fear enters into their lives at that point, and because they have they have in a sense cross the Lord, or become adversarial, and they know that that's not a good place to be. When we come to the Lord, we have lived lives of fear in regard to Him, or we've had that anxiety regarding our sin, and then we're told that He washes it away. But regularly, I think that even in walking it out, there's still this residual effect of living a life in in guilt and fear. And to have that release from us sometimes is is almost an intentional saying, I will trust you, God. I will have confidence in you. I believe that you are good. I believe that you have good intent for me. And we have to, in a sense, address those issues and keep addressing them until we hit get things right in him. Because he truly does love us. And it's it's hard to believe that he's willing to Erase the past, and he's willing to, to move us into well-being. And even though issues of the day cloud that and make us wonder what's going on, there's still an awareness that when I get through this, I'm going to be that much stronger. And that I, I will be able to have confidence in him even regarding this thing. So that said, I want to start with Abraham, because he's hero of the faith, Right? And you know, he, he left home and family and everything familiar and then went off uh, and with the promise of God, I'll bless you. Just just go where I'm telling you, I'm gonna bless you. And to to leave that, it wouldn't have been any simpler than it is for us today when you say, okay, everything familiar and everything that I'm used to, I'm just gonna go somewhere else. And I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I'm going to trust you to tell me when I get there. So he's been living that lifestyle for a while, and he's flourished, but he has this encounter where he had sent off his nephew Lot because their households just got too big, and Lot's living in a city that uh, four kings take on five, and the four win, but Lot's a part of the five group. And so he gets, and his family get hauled off in their possessions, and Abraham decides he's got to do something about it. And it says he takes 318 trained men from his household. So this isn't just, you know, a tiny family. By that point, it's a large group. But he takes them, and he, he wins the fight, and he brings Lot back. And it appears that he's just kind of chewing on things, and it's, and even he still doesn't have... Children of his own at that point and and he's going, you know what what was all this about? Leave home and yeah things seem good, but where's it going? that's the impression I have when I read this anyway and and it says um, it says later the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision, Abram, don't be afraid, I'll protect you and reward you greatly you know so he's Here's here's the one we look back as, as the founder of the faith, so to speak, and yet there are moments when God has to speak confidence into his heart. He says, don't be afraid. Now his son Isaac walks on and, you know, he has the heritage of knowing what his father has done, but he gets into skirmishes with those around and there it's over water rights. You know, they're they have wells that, that, that the different ones control. You control the well, you control the area. And yet, as a, a family group, they're not really big enough to take on everyone around them. And so there's this, this challenge of, what are we going to do? And again, Isaac's in one of those places. He's redug some wells, and, and then others come in and say, those are ours. You have no right to be here. So he moves on, he digs another, and the same, same thing. So you can imagine the tension that's building, and it's like, this is the land that we're called to, and yet everybody wants us out of here. And yet the Lord comes to Isaac, appears to him, and says, Don't be afraid. I'm the God who was worshiped by your father Abraham, my servant. I will be with you and bless you. Because of Abraham, I will give you many descendants. Now, he was married roughly 20 years before before he had children. So, again, there was that gap, so to speak, where what's going on? How's this going to work out? Let's go to Moses. I mean, Moses leads people out of Egypt, right? The great leader, the amazing guy. And and you kind of think, well, that takes incredible courage to have walked through that. And yet, when he comes up against a a guy named Og, king of Bashan, God, again, speaks a word of confidence to him. He says, do not fear him, for I've given him into your hand. Now, he didn't go pick a fight with Og, but Og came to him. And what you need to know about Og is that, (laughs) besides he had a weird name, uh, this was an unusual person. And He was the ruler over 60 cities, it says in Deuteronomy 3. And in that same chapter, there's a reference given to a bed that he had that was hauled off as one of the the plunder from war. What's what's so amazing about a bed? Well, it says that he was one of the Rephaites, which was uh, a, a, a giant in the land. And so when they talk about this bed being nine cubits long and four cubits wide, a cubit was 18 inches. I figured roughly a elbow to hand. So you're, you're looking at that and you're going, nine, 13 and a half feet long, six feet wide. It's quite possible that was a major person. The commentators get a little squeamish about giving the details because it's almost like, did people really grow that big? Well, remember the fear that the Israelites had, their giants in the land? It wasn't just pretend, it was real. You know, that would be taller than an elephant, or roughly that height, a little more. (laughs) See, big. You don't want to mess with people like that. And so, you know, God speaks to him and says, I've given them into your hand. The very thing that had kept the Israelites from entering the promised land, you know, one of the things was the giants. And yet now the giants are coming to them. And Moses is told, got this. You don't have to worry. Kind of like what giants are in our lives? Well, it's not people anymore, but there are things that seem overwhelming, Right? And yet there's this opportunity to trust the same God that provided for these guys. Joshua. Joshua had been victorious in a number of battles already. But when Moses dies and Joshua now steps from number two to number one, there's an awareness that he carried the weight of all the people at that point. It wasn't just being the general in the military, but now he had authority over the whole group. And it had to be an amazing thing. We're talking somewhere between two and four million people. So entering the new land, you know, he is, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to fight these battles? How are we going to get space for ourselves? And the Lord says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. One of the things that's coming out in these passages is that for us to accomplish what God has called us into means that we stand and face fear and overcome, that the things that are giving us pause and causing that anxiety, if we're truly going to be victorious in the Lord, we have to be willing to trust Him enough to keep walking forward even though we may not know exactly how things are going to work out or what needs to happen to get things done. And yet there's a confidence that can be built in our hearts saying, he does have control. He does have authority over all of this. He is involved in my life and I can trust him. David to Solomon. David's passing off the kingship to Solomon and he just makes this comment. He, he's prepared for the temple to be built, and he says, I want you to build this. And he, just, he says, be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. A little bit later, I'll come back and read a psalm as I finish. But just uh, the fact that he was telling us something, you don't, you don't have to be worried about this. You don't have to let it overwhelm you. It should not overcome you. Elijah. Elijah is another one that we... We look at and we say, "Man, he stood up to Ahab, He did all these great miracles. He, he was amazing. And yet uh, the, after Ahab died, there was a king Ahaziah who had uh, had an accident, and, and he's wondering if he's going to live. And so he sends a servant off to, uh, to, to one of the false deities or uh, like the priests, and find out if I'm going to live." Well, Elijah intercepts the servant and says, because you asked the wrong guy, you're going to die, sends the servant back. Well, Ahaziah says, bring that guy to me, bring him, bring him here, and he sends out one of his officers with 50 men, so it's not a, a please come, it's you're, you're coming, and uh The guy goes and he says, okay, man of God, come down here. And he says, if I'm a man of God, may fire fall on you. And and it does, and it kills the 50. And a second guy is sent out with 50 men, and that happens again. And the third time, the officer is starting to get an understanding. He's going, please, (laughs) I was sent here. Please come with me. And uh, God speaks to Elijah and says, don't be afraid. You know he's he's Elijah knows he's going to stand before the king. And he says, "Don't be afraid." God tells him, "You you can do this. You've got this under control." Let's go to the New Testament. Peter. You know we we can look back and say, "Well, these guys were amazing." But sometimes we skip <laughs> some of the other parts of the story. When You know, they'd had the day of Pentecost and marvelous things took place. And then when Peter and John are going to the temple, a a lame man gets healed as he calls out for help. And, you know, it creates a big hubbub, enough so that the religious leaders get Peter on the radar, Peter and John. They toss him in jail for the night, and then they bring him out and have a discussion. These are the same people that had put Jesus to death. This is the same place where Peter had blinked before Christ died. And so this is the setting that he has to go back and face now that Christ has risen, and he has this confidence, but he still has to go back and face this place of failure. And so... They warn him and say, we don't want you causing disturbances. And so he has a choice in that, am I going to yield to this or am I going to walk forward? And, and so he, they go back to the, to the other believers and he shares what has happened and they pray and they say, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. So they're calling out to God, help us. You know, we, we've got to have your help here. It says, While you stretch out your hand, heal, and signs, wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So again, It isn't just mustering up enough confidence in ourselves, but it's allowing the Lord to speak that confidence into our hearts and to develop a trust that says, I believe you. I'll I'll accept your word in this. The Apostle Paul, again, we look at him as this tremendous hero who went everywhere. Now, shortly after he'd been in Philippi and he'd received an incredible beating, He went to Athens and really had moderate success, and then he has this vision, and he ends up in Corinth, and you know, I can imagine you are just kind of going, where's this going? What are we supposed to do? And he says, there's a vision that he has one night, he says, do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many people in this city who are my people. So he, things are already beginning to stir, and he's beginning to wonder: is this going like other places? Am I going to get beaten again? You know, what's going to go happen? And the Lord speaks to his heart and says, have confidence. I'm taking care of this. Peter, when he's dealing with young men, he makes this comment. He says, God cares for you, so turn all your worries over to him. You're wondering where life's going. You're wondering how you're going to get things done, how you're going to accomplish the vision that you have. And he says, don't worry. God cares for you. I'd like to finish by reading Psalm 27. This is from David. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. He's not just speaking (laughs) hyperbole. This is actual. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in a shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies and all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. He's saying, my hope the thing that restabilizes me is when I'm in the presence of the Lord. The thing that gives me confidence and allows me to keep going on is, is when, I, when, when God's presence speaks into my heart. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, I do seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. It says, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. (laughs) Pretty bad when mom and dad don't have a confidence in you. But it isn't enough to stop. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, For false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. Praise to God. Would you stand with me? As I said at the beginning, every single one of us has different anxieties and worries and fears that want to, in a sense, squeeze the life out of us, push down on us. And yet, in the Lord, we can trust Him to take us through these things. Does it always work out the way we anticipate? No. But at the end of the day, we are able to say it is good. And so, whatever you are walking through, I encourage you, Find the peace of God in this moment in particular. Call out to him and say, I need your help here. Place in me the confidence to do what you've asked of me. And then trust him to see you through. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you in all things. Thank you that you love us deeply. Thank you that in salvation we have a confidence that we are walking with you and can have trust in your ways amen. If you would like prayer, it's easiest if you come forward, uh, and it also gives opportunity for different ones to pray into your life. Well, let's uh, seek the Lord as we worship together. when our songs blend so well with the messages and we don't work on that ahead of time but I truly believe God speaks to our hearts but what that says to me is that there are some here today that definitely need help in the Lord for confidence for the next step and to hear a word from him that says don't be afraid and so I just encourage you don't leave without settling that okay and again and again there's opportunity to pray. We will remind you, we're back on the meal schedule, so there's a meal downstairs. Uh, got spaghetti and however that works. So, may a blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to walk in confidence with you. As I, I ask, as each one goes into the community, that you'll give them words of life to speak over others, that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom, that you would gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. God bless you. Last sight of Michael, um, but I, uh, something he said to me about a week ago just caught my attention. We look at Michael as being one of the bravest people we know because of you know the things that he does. You know, going into countries that um, shouldn't be in, or going places where nobody speaks the language that he knows. And he was telling me, he says, every time going through the airports, I have this intense fear because I don't, what if I miss a flight? What's going to happen? And You know, he tells stories of getting on trains and knowing that not even when he's supposed to get off, but he's supposed to meet somebody in a country that he has no way of defining, doesn't know any of the language that's written. And yet he's going, well, God, I'm going to have to trust you. And, you know, but intense fear in the moment. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about you. you, you Come around when I need you. (laughs) It's good. But God provides each and every step, and then then we get to hear the good stories of what happened. But it's still facing it and overcoming it. And and so I just want to put that out to you, that to be a person of courage, you have to walk through the fears and trust God he's going to bring you through. And And you don't start at the level of getting into some country where, you don't know anyone or anything and you know that you're going to get out okay Um, but you might be at some point in the future take the steps that are in front of you now trust him
0: Sing with me. There's power. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power. That stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love